Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host Omar Crook. On this episode, I have Leslie Layton. She's the associate conductor for the Los Angeles Master Chorale and also the artistic director of the Los Robles Master Chorale. And to top it off, she is a certified chef and she used to work for Michael Bloomberg in New York. We talk about 9-11 and the impact that had on the art scene. Uh, we talk about her time with Michael Bloomberg. And um, we also talk about the audition process at the LA Master Chorale, which I find really interesting. I've auditioned for the LA Master Chorale, I think three or four times in the last uh, five or six years. And Leslie um, has been in those auditions. And it was great to get some insight into the audition process uh, behind the scenes. She talks about uh, listening to CDs that are submitted and has some very good advice about how to avoid some pitfalls. And anyway, I think we had a great conversation. I think she's a great lady and uh, really easy to talk to, tells great stories. And I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me over here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Last time I saw you was at the uh, audition, I think. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about your foot. Oh, um, yeah. must we? <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I just got glasses that are bifocals. Oh, yeah. Going downstairs is a thrill, isn't it? it? I, it's killing me. <laughs> Seriously, it's yeah. killing me. And I and think you it's have just... Progressives, yes. progressives. Yeah, yeah. so every, it's like yeah. uh, half of what I'm seeing is underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just kind of a function of getting older. Um, actually, my the breaking of my foot had nothing to do with bifocals. With your age? <laughs> um, no, actually, I don't think it did have what anything happened? to do with my age. This is the dumbest story on the planet. So I have an elderly neighbor across the street. Yeah. You know, it, it, in the annals of no good deed shall go unpunished. I was <laughs> the, taking the mail. Road to hell, uh, oh, the, yes, the road to hell is, is paved, paved with, with good, good intentions. intentions. <laughs> so I was taking her mail across the street. Yeah. And I was in a little bit of a rush because I had to be at UCLA. Lisa Edwards was coming. Yeah. We carpool a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had like a couple minutes and I thought, well, I'm just going to get this done really fast and then it's done, you know? So I'm walking over there and I'm wearing boots that I'm well aware the structure of the actual boot is kind of cockapishy duty. Yeah. And the heel is, you know, like yeah. three inches Higher or something. Yeah. And I'm like going and oh, I just the crossed price of the vanity. street. I crossed the street and there was a pothole that I just didn't see. Right and here, right out front? Oh, not anymore. Because oh, the city really? of Pasadena within two days of my breaking my foot was out there fixing it. I'm like, oh, you're a little late. You're just a little late. Yeah. <laughs> With that. They've got good lawyers, though, I guess. Oh, they understand. yeah. Well, you know, I have I have a good lawyer, too. But, I, you know, I'm not going to hassle. So you, did you go down? Like you, fe- oh, you... wow, did I go down. I actually, when I first fell, because, you know, you don't see it. You don't expect it. You're not prepared. Yes. And I did a face plant into the cement. Oh, my God. And it was, it was kind of ugly. Oh, and so the first, my first reaction was, wow, you know, I fell on my right side, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wow, that that was that was crappy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Sprawled out in but, the middle of the street. But again, I'm I'm in a hurry, right? So mm-hmm. my personality, I'm like, oh well, the hell with it, you know. So I just get up. Yeah. I brush myself off, and right. I'm like, okay, that's gonna be a bruise, but whatever. Yeah. You know, and then I realize that my left foot is not really doing what I <gasps> want it to do. Really? Yeah. Was I'm it a like, compound fracture? I mean, no, did it... it wasn't. It's it was just a break. It's just a clean. I was lucky. It was a clean oh, break. My God. It was a clean break. But so I just go to step on my foot and I'm like, oh man, that, that. I think that, I sprained it. Well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think that. I thought, oh wow, you just kind of, kind of rolled on that one kind of yeah. badly. Or, yeah. 
So I walk up and I finish my little errand, not realizing, yeah, you broke your foot, you idiot. Oh. You know, and I and I finish my little errand, and by the time I turn around and get back over on my side of the street, yeah, that's when I'm like, you know, I can feel my foot swelling inside the boot. I can just feel it swelling. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think I better get this boot off before we have to cut the boot off. So I take the boot off and I look at my foot and I'm like, oh, that that actually looks worse than I thought. Just like right away, just in the first few minutes. Oh, yeah. Wow. About that time, Lisa shows up. She takes one look at my foot and she went, yeah, we're not going to UCLA today. We're going to the ER. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, because Lisa's a mom. Yeah, yeah, Kids, they've done things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks at it because I'm like, well. Oh, yeah. No, that's a break. I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, maybe we should just go. And she's like, I don't think so. Yeah. So the mom said, we're going to the ER. How long ago was that? Was that? A month. A month ago? About a month, yeah. Yeah, and you're doing Mm -hmm. okay? Oh, yeah. I I had my month checkup and they re-X-rayed and. I'm actually ahead of schedule. So, That's fantastic. Which, of course, he was, you know, he was doom and gloom the day of. Yeah. He said, oh, this is going to take three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, you know, they look at me and they're like, age, age weight. That's, God like, damn it. They weight. do that all the time. They do. They do. They, the first thing, when I go into the doctor, the first thing he says is, how old are you? Oh, yeah. No, and then I you know. tell him and the, it's always this. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, well, that's about yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is how it ends, yeah. basically, is so, what he's telling so, you. So he's like, well, you know, it's going to be three months. It'll be 12 weeks yeah. in, in a boot. And yeah. I just looked at him. And I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, I mean, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him. And then he goes, he goes, well, you know, you're really going to need to be off your foot. You're going to need, and I'm thinking. Nope. That doesn't work with what I do. With anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I just, again, I'm just staring at him. And he goes, are you listening to me? And I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to you. I said, but in no way is this reality. Yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> so I'm like, you know. So did I they have put to... you on crutches? Did you have crutches? Well, or did you I, start I, walking on it? Well, he, we went back and forth. He uh-huh. wanted to give me a walker. Oh. And I looked at him and I said. Well, based on your age. Yeah, based on my age, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and I looked at him and I went, no. Yeah. And yeah. he just goes, no, really. And I said, yeah, no, really. Yeah, really. I said, there's no way on God's yeah. green earth you're getting me in a walker, yeah, buddy. With, with a tennis ball. Yeah, and it's that's just the whole not going to happen. Yeah. I said, this is not going to happen. And, and he goes, well, I can't give you crutches at your age. Boom. And I was like, I looked at him. I said, you know, I've actually used crutches before in my life. And he goes, how old were you? And I said, yeah, I was 16. <laughs> and he goes, it'll be a lot harder now. Oh and I said, fine. I said, what about a cane? Yeah. So... We, we, we agreed to the cane, which I used, Omar, for five days. Yeah, of course. And went, this is ridiculous. This is, uh, you're, this is slowing me down. It's just slowing me down. And just ergonomically, Yeah. I mean, I started back pain, you know, shoulder pain. I'm like, this is just not worth it. That's right. So the cane was set down, and I just started walking on is it. Is it in a boot. cast cast? It's in an air cast, what it's they call an, an air cast. I see. Okay. So it's basically two pieces of very hard plastic uh-huh. that's lined with cushy stuff Okay. Uh, that you basically strap in, mm-hmm. like an astronaut strapping mm-hmm. into a seat. You yeah. know? Uh, and then you have this little blue bulb, and you stick one end into, there's these two, on both sides of the cast, there's these two little ports, and you stick the bulb in, and you go, and Oh, like those old Reeboks, air. like mm-hmm. the pumps. Yes, like the wow. pumps. And it blows air, which immobilizes your foot. And then the other side of the pump, you stick that in, and it immediately just deflates it. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it is, because it's allowed me to not, I don't have to sleep in it. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, and you can shower like a normal person. And... What is that? Is that you or me? No, that's your alarm. Oh, it is. We have an intruder. That's really 
Strange. Just I wonder if it thinks that we're having a fire because I have my dryer on. I don't know. Just talk loud and act normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Let's, Wait, let's hit a pause. That's, that's fine. It's always something. I know. Okay, so there are a few things that I know about you that I want to yeah. talk about. Sure. So when I first met you, I ruefully had no idea that you had had such a big career as a singer. Eh, it wasn't that big. Um, it was just a career. Well, you know. Okay, so you've had it. So you were... You had, a, in my estimation, a very good career as a principal that. singer, and obviously you are a choral conductor, and you're also a gourmet chef. Yeah. So, what other things do you do that we that I don't know about? Did I miss something? Um, no, I don't think so. Those are the big things. Those are probably the big things. Those are the things that I'm educated to do. Uh huh. We could put it that way. I'm educated to do all of those things. Okay. So let's start yeah. at the beginning. How did you get into music? Um, well, you know, when you're a kid, right, you have an affinity towards something. Uh-huh. Uh, I started studying piano at age seven. Uh-huh. At home? Just yeah. privately? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With a teacher. Uh-huh. Um, I always was in dance class, ballet, tap, jazz, that, all of that stuff. Okay. You know, I was just, I was a kid and my parents decided what I was going to do, right? Yeah. Like most. Yeah, yeah. Families. Did now? Did you grow up here in California? Oh yeah, I'm a native Angelino. Oh, you are. Mm -hmm. Whereabouts? One of the few. One of the proud. Yeah, right. Westchester. Actually. Westchester. Yeah. I live right over by Westchester. Yeah. I went to Westchester High, Loyola <laughs> wow. University. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm local. Yeah. I'm pretty local, really. Yeah, I'm a fourth generation SoCal guy, but not that's great. Los Angeles. I'm from okay. San well, Bernardino. Yeah. Yeah, but that still counts. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm actually first gen. Yeah, my kids California. are fifth generation now. Wow, it's that's crazy. really fantastic. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Anyway. I love hearing things like that. Yeah. So you, uh, what did your parents do? W were they musical? Um, well, you know, my dad, not so much. I suppose mm -hmm. I don't think mm -hmm. never really heard him attempt music okay uh my mom sang she was actually in a band oh uh she used to do radio back in maine <laughs> oh wow in maine okay during during the war and you know okay and before so, all right so yeah. they, they put They're you in music that because that was kind of the thing to do i back guess then. i yeah. guess you know and i was always i always sang in the choir in school uh -huh. like that uh-huh you know okay uh i always had a strong voice okay um so that was kind of that was one of those more kind obvious. Of a tell. Yeah. It uh -huh. was one of those more obvious things, I uh -huh. think. Um, and I started studying voice when I was ten. Okay. Privately. Um, privately. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and then that, it wasn't overly serious at age ten. Yeah, obviously, sure. you know, sure. you, co it was more like coaching. Yeah. You know, getting your feet wet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when I was sixteen, I started studying more earnestly and started studying classically. And I see. that continued on from 16 through 30-something or other pretty solidly. Wow. I studied all and of that And so time. To, mm -hmm. to decide to do that, I would imagine you had a lot of encouragement from teachers and the people around you that just yeah. kind of kept mm -hmm. encouraging you to continue. Pretty much. Uh -huh. Pretty much. Um, <coughs> I think, you know, when I went to Westchester High... Uh, the choral conductor there, Robert Wood, who was a fantastic pianist. He, he studied with John Crown okay. at USC, got mm -hmm. his master's at sure. USC. Fantastic pianist. And and he, you know, he really liked my voice and, and was always encouraging mm -hmm. uh, study and, and mm -hmm. things like that. And then I went to Loyola Marymount. You majored um, in voice when you went there? No, I did not. What did I you actually do? got a BA in choral conducting. Oh, yeah. okay. That's when I first, I had my first taste of choral conducting in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mr. Wood let me conduct a couple of times, wow. you know, which was kind of fun. Sure. Um, you know, and I knew the basic patterns, mm-hmm. obviously not much more than that, but, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went to Loyola and, and decided I really liked choral conducting and worked with Paul Salamunovich, who was the uh, professor there, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, sang there, and then graduated. Um, I wound up at, <laughs> at UCLA. I, st- I started teaching in a girls' high school. Okay. Right out of my bachelor's degree. Okay. Uh, in Glendale, actually, Holy Family High School. Uh huh. Great fun. I stayed there for five years. I had a fantastic oh, time. Oh, nice. Yeah, really great kids. I'm friends with all of them almost on Facebook wow. now. Yeah, That's it's so great. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then I went to UCLA in 1985 to study with Bill Hatcher, and I was working on an MFA in choral conducting. Mm-hmm. And in 1987, I just, UCLA and I, as I like to say, this is the second time I'm leaving UCLA. (laughs) 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 It just, it's just not a good fit. Okay. You know, and at this point I've tried twice. It's not, it's not a good fit for me. Yeah. uh It's just not. And, uh, so you you left in the middle of your studies. I left after two years on a three year MFA. Okay. If I do kick myself about something. Was doing that. It, it's I should have just sucked it up and finished the degree. Okay. But you know, when you're in your twenties, you don't yeah. think that way. You get your whole life ahead of you. I, well, so you yeah. think, and That's right. and you do, yeah. but, but but kind of. But what a, what is <laughs> you know? I mean, really, what a dumb <laughs> thing to do. You know, I I I think that was not very. I just wasn't thinking. Okay. You know, so I left there. I went to USC almost immediately. Okay. Um, I was kind of recruited by a fellow named Bill Triplett. He was a darling man. Um, and he was running pretty much the music education department mm-hmm. at USC. At USC. Mm-hmm. So he recruited me into music ed major as a master's. Mm-hmm. I did a year on that and thought, yeah, I still don't think this is quite right. Wow. Left SC after a year. Uh huh. And just continued teaching. Mm hmm. Uh, which had had gone from part time to full time. You were teaching voice or piano? No, this was at, at Holy Family at Holy, High. Yeah, what were you teaching? Oh, there? sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was. I had choirs. I had oh, okay. three choirs, which uh, four choirs? Excuse me, four choirs. I taught history and English. Wow, full yeah. time. They had me. Yeah, they okay. kept me quite busy, and we really had a good time. Okay. Um, and then it, and then I finally decided after five years, at that point. I decided to go ahead and go back to school and mm-hmm. get a master's in vocal performance. Uh-huh. And that was a successful And that was at USC? Venture. That was at USC, and I did my two years and uh-huh. came out with an MM. And on top of teaching during that time, were you singing? Were you gigging? Were you gigging ra- around um, town? or how, how, how was I doing then? <laughs> were you, I, I mean, were you, yeah, you must I'm have been exercising your voice. Well, yeah, sure, I mean. of course. I mean, I was singing uh, church. You know, I used to sing at St. Charles Borromeo. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of weddings and a lot of funerals I there. See. And, you know, like what that. What we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I gigged. I wasn't gigging a ton at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of changed that in 1990? So I'm halfway through my master's degree. Mm-hmm. And Roger Wagner recruited me to the Roger Wagner Corral, mm-hmm. and I went on his final tour to Japan. Wow. Yeah, which was great fun. And and caught holy hell from Margaret Shaper, who was then um, head of the voice department at what? SC. Because you were because you're doing it again. Because I was going to be gone for six weeks. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, now as a teacher a million years later, I understand the annoyance of that. But I have to say, because she was so hard on me and was basically awful about it, 
She wow. was awful about it. Of course, she. it's funny. Margaret, for some reason, disliked me from day one. She opposed my entrance into the vocal program. She was outvoiced by Michael Sells and Charles Rowe, who just said, Are you nuts? What you was know, that about? I don't some know. Some kind of jealousy, I, I, maybe? No, or oh, no, like no, that. no, no, I don't uh -huh. think so, no. I think it was just kind of this old school, well, you didn't get your bachelor's in vocal performance. I see. I think that was her thing. So she couldn't reconcile it. She couldn't yeah. in her mind. She just couldn't. You know, my very first day <laughs> at USC, I love this story. So we're in class, and you had to take... Um, I think it was vocal repertoire or something. I don't yeah. remember with yeah. Margaret. Um, and she's going around the class because she says, well, you know, in three weeks, you're all going to have to sing for the class, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. She's going around and what aria are you going to sing? What, you know, do, do, do. She gets to me and she says, oh, I guess you'll have to choose something from the book of 24. Oh, the old yellow book. And I was just like, Really? <laughs> and I smiled and I said, "Well, of course, if that's what you want me to do, uh, yeah, I can sing, I can sing something like. yeah. from that." <laughs> I said, "But you know, I'd I'd prefer to sing a Mahler art song." Uh -huh. <sighs> uh, you know, it's growls uh, yeah. at me, and you know, so that was kind of how that's it started. Strange. She begrudgingly had to give me an A in that class because Did, you didn't give her a choice. Because I didn't give yeah. her a choice. <laughs> um, you know, and and so it was the following year when Roger invited me to come on tour and again other other instructors had to fight the battle for me basically. So you had some champions. I did. Yeah. I mm -hmm. had Michael Sells and Charles Rowe were wonderful champions mm -hmm. and at that point my second year uh, Judy Natalucci had come on board and mm -hmm. I had switched in the summer in between the two years. Mm -hmm. um, I was coaching with Armin Guzalimian sure. and Armin, <laughs> Armin says you know, you you should really be studying with this woman, Judy Natalucci. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and before I could say anything, we're standing in his kitchen, and he picks up his phone, and he calls this woman, and he goes, Judy Armin. And he looks at me and goes, here. And he thrusts <laughs> the phone at me, and I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing to me? But it worked out absolutely. Did that cause, a, did that cause a, a big hubbub? Because no. when I, at Cal State Fullerton, that was a big deal to change Studios. I'm I mean, sure oh boy. it was a big deal. I will say this for Charles Rowe. I have nothing but nice things to say about mm -hmm. Charles. He was very gracious. Um, I think part of it is because he knew he was leaving USC in okay. any case. He, he knew he was lose. going. Yeah. Uh, he wound up uh, in Tucson, uh -huh. uh, University of Tucson, um, and running the opera department okay. so i mean it was a good move for for charles for everybody uh, for everyone yeah. um you know so he didn't really he didn't really oppose it mm -hmm. um but he also always was very good at championing me mm -hmm. at the school because mm -hmm. margaret was always <laughs> like, the opposite yeah. uh -huh. she just and she basically said to me before i left she's you never amount to anything Oh my you God. will never amount to a You're thing. You're kidding. No, nah, Margaret. You never just got to the bottom of why she felt that way. It no, didn't no matter. Wow. Frankly, it didn't matter. I mean, it was. It was. That's a good attitude. It, I, that shit bothers me like well, crazy. Well, I'm not saying it never bothers me. Yeah. But in that particular case, it didn't bother me yeah. because I just thought you are a crazy lady. Yeah, you've got. You have something going on. And yeah. whatever your thing is, I'm really sorry, but it's not my problem. Good for you. And and you know and and that was. I was lucky mm -hmm. because at the same school, I had Armin, I had Judy, I had Michael Sells, who was always in my corner. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul. at the, uh, 
Yeah, and at the time, the uh, orchestral conductor Dan Lewis uh-huh. at USC constantly used me. Uh-huh. So uh huh. So she was with really the outnumbered. So I mean, she was, was way obvious. outnumbered yeah. at that school, and you know, and they were just like, "Oh, don't worry about her." You know, don't worry about her. And they were always saying that, "Don't worry about uh-huh. it." You know, and they they were wonderful, uh-huh. really. And uh, so you she finished was the up, only one. I finished you fin- that. You did. Oh yeah, of course. So you yeah. finished up that 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 was it. I finished in '91. And then did you go directly off into singing? Uh, Around yeah, well, or how did yeah that work? no, I went directly into Los Angeles Master Crawl. I see. Uh, okay. At that point, it was odd the the timing of everything. Uh, that was the year that Paul became music director of Los Angeles Master Crawl, mm-hmm. and I had finished my voice degree, so I auditioned mm-hmm. um, and got in. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned also for the opera. I, in in those days, <laughs> it it was almost kind of a. Well, it's still a very obviously a very connected yeah, relationship yeah, in, in, sure. in this case because of Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, it just, for some reason, the Master Chorale um, director, music director, sat in on the opera auditions, which I thought was very just interesting. Just to hear the singers in town, I guess. I guess. Like I who's guess. in town? I, I'm not really sure huh. what that was about. Uh-huh. Um, and then they go in the back room and chop it up, right? And you get this person, I, I get that person. I just have no... Well, no, they shared, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was very easy in those days yeah. to to share uh, singers. Yeah. And so a lot of us were on both rosters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those days it was, you know, Randy Bear, Paul, um, Jonathan Draper mm-hmm. was there. Um, who else sat in on course? Uh, Grant played, because mm-hmm. Grant was the repetiteur at the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Grant played my audition yeah. <laughs> for LA Opera. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and about a year after I got in, uh, well, you know, because you sing at the opera in the in the dressing rooms, you're always seated alphabetically. Yeah, right. That's just uh, that's how it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so about a year later, this this other soprano enters the picture, and her mm-hmm. name is Alyssa Johnston. Oh. Well, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Uh, but she was seated next to me, Johnston Layton. Uh huh. So we s- started chit chatting one night, you know, and we became really good friends. And and after about three or four months, I realized, oh, you're married to Grant. You know, who's yeah, yeah, at this yeah. time still, he's the pianist. Yeah. And so the three of us started hanging out, um, and we had a really good time. We've been we've been friends for many people. Don't, people don't realize that. Yeah, I didn't that. know that. No, yeah. most people don't. That's fascinating. Uh, but we've been very good friends. And you all kind of came up the ranks together. We did. We all grew together. I, I said to Alyssa, well, why don't you audition for L.A. Master Chorale? And so uh-huh. she did, and she got in. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, she had said to me, well, who are you studying with? Oh, Judith Natalucci. Oh, so she started studying with Judy. Right. Um, and then we both turned Reed Bruton onto Judy. I uh-huh. mean, it, it's just, it's all this, we've all known each other for a mil- million years. That's really something. Um, you know, and then I moved to New York in 97. Why? You know, because I had started singing more and more as a soloist and as a principal artist. Uh, and did you have representation at this point? Um, yes, I did, uh-huh. actually. Um, it it was an odd... I was represented by a group in London, actually. Okay. So part of the reason for the move is because London, L.A. was kind of... That was kind of far away. It, right, right, right. Um, and I again, I had a ton of help. Mm-hmm. You know, I had met... Tom Allen mm-hmm. singing at LA Opera mm-hmm. and Stephen Lawless and we all became good friends mm-hmm. and, and this was when you were in the chorus? This was when I was in the chorus. God, that's great. And I had little step outs. Yeah, you know. yeah, I do that Stephen too. Yeah. always featured me um, just on stage. Stephen mm-hmm. always featured me mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, he was always so good to me. I get the same treatment. Yeah, 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 yeah he was nice. always so good to yeah. me. 
Um, and Tom and I became good friends mm -hmm. and, y you know, all of that. Uh, and they were all very encouraging mm -hmm. in terms of you should be singing, you should go up, you should go for it, you know, you should go for it. And how did you get representation? Did they? That was through Stephen and Tom. I see. A lot, a lot of it on. had to do with Tom, mm -hmm. um, who kind of put the screws, I guess, well, to yeah, somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but both he and Stephen wow. are the reasons that I wound up with representation. And, uh -huh. and Peter Hemmings uh, was also always incredibly good to me. Yeah. Um, you know, funny sense of humor. I, I'll relate this because you'll appreciate yeah. this. So my very, very first role ever at LA Opera was the role of the uh, uh, Alcyon in, in um, Electra. Oh my gosh. Which is, you know, it's like 17 lines or something. It's it's not a big, it's very small. Yeah. You know, very small part. Um, but of course, I always had a good relationship with Rick Geyer, who was head of makeup at the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, and Shari Shanker, and yeah. you know everybody on the yeah. crew. We were just, we were kind of just one big crazy I, group of people. I feel that way now. I mean, I, I I'm feel glad the same that it's still way. that way. I'm, I'm you know? the same person there. Well, and that you know, Rue, Rue yeah. Ru Hemmings was mm -hmm. uh, one of the assistant stage managers when I was in the course. Uh -huh. And he was, I don't know, 19 or 20 or something. And we used to just terrorize Rue all the time. <laughs> and, you know, we'd tease him mercilessly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just absolutely adorable. Yeah, he was just adorable. Uh, so. My first role was this kooky, you know, in a really kooky production. Okay. Really zany. Uh-huh. Zany. It had featured a ginormous electric blue hand. Okay. Was it a German production? Uh, yeah. Sounds, I, I mean, you I just, that sounds like a German I production. I don't remember. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. I'd have to actually yeah. go back and uh -huh. look. Marilyn Chow actually sang the title role. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Leona Riesnick. Wow. Sa sang the older mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Boy, she hated me. I <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I tried to be really as nice as I could, and she just absolutely hated me. Well, yeah, like you said about that. Now, in her case, I think it was same voice type, only I'm much, much, much younger. Yeah. And I yeah. think there was just some. You're her executioner. I basically. hate you because yeah. you're <laughs> just starting. I hate you. Right. It was it was that I think more than anything else, but neither here nor there. Yeah. So there was this huge blue hand, there was this huge blue head, and there was I'm not making this up because who could, a an electric blue seven foot long penis in center stage. I've heard of this. Yeah. It's yeah, a pretty yeah, yeah. famous production. Yeah. Well, somebody decided that it would be really awesome if, in my role, I learned to use an eight foot long leather bullwhip. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So the company <laughs> paid for me to take whip lessons from the same guy who's taught everybody in the movies. Like Indiana Jones. Yes. And, oh uh -huh. my god. Yeah. That is awesome. So they paid for lessons and I went and studied how to I was quite an expert for doing all kinds of tricks with this. Wow. Uh, and they incorporated that into, you know, in my very first thing. Yeah. You know, the curtain comes up and I'm straddling this seven foot long penis you are. naturally. Yeah. And Rick uh, decided that I should be a he she. So <laughs> they let me use my real hair, which was very short at the time, and okay. they slicked it back with some kind of goop. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they gave me a little mustache, and oh, okay. God. I mean, I was like, really, you guys? <laughs> this is my debut? Yeah, this is my <laughs> debut. Thank you. You know, so, so the curtain opens, and I'm straddling this thing. And I unwrapped the the, the bullwhip was preset yeah. wrapped around me sure. and I had and crack it bam yeah. you know and the, and everybody in the house like oh my god what just <laughs> happened you know it was attention getting that let me is tell you crazy uh, Martin Barenheimer wrote a, probably the mo one of the most glowing reviews <gasps> I ever got 
It was Martin Berenheimer in that role. Uh, He just, he thought it was hysterical and he loved my singing, which I think still is so sweet. Uh, my my favorite thing always to say is I would rather be crucified by Martin Berenheimer than given a good review by some of the people who are out there. Well, yeah, I know. I, he was that so did, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He was just such a you know brilliant review. Oh boy, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So and he had great ears too, mm-hmm. uh, Berenheimer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, so that was my first. You know, after that, I was invited almost every year. I would be invited by Robin Thompson and Peter Hemmings to come. And audition, do a stage audition almost every year. Oh, that's nice. I would do one. And every year, the same thing would happen. I'd walk out on stage, and Peter Hemmings would go, Oh, Leslie, did you bring your whip with you today? <laughs> he would always do that to me. Uh, and funny. we'd all have a laugh. I like the implication, too. That's good. Oh, he just, yeah. he was hilarious. Uh-huh. I mean, Peter was, you know, old school CEO. Yeah. Very stiff upper lip British. Yeah, yeah. Very. Um, yeah. But if he liked you, he liked you. And and he gave me a ton of opportunities. And the day that I left the company, when I when I was moving to New York, mm-hmm. my very last performance, mm-hmm. and Peter walked up to me and he said, I've been waiting for you to do exactly this. And he walked away. Oh, that's and so sweet. And he was, he and Robin, I, I was brought back almost every year in some role mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. They were very, very good to me. And very good you me. moved to New York, and how did that go? I mean, did you were you set up in New York already? Or uh, kind uh, of. I uh-huh. mean, I started singing at New York City Opera as a principal artist, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much out of the gate, mm-hmm. and I did Glimmer Glass mm-hmm. a lot. Did a lot of productions with Stephen, uh-huh. uh, and we just laughed our way through wow. <laughs> the summer. Um, you know, then started doing work in Germany and, you know, just Like fest in contracts Europe. or individual? No, just, no. Individual. I was never a fest uh-huh. singer. I've, I've always just was would come a in, soloist. sing a yeah. role. Mm-hmm. But it was usually tertiary mm-hmm. roles. Okay. You know, I did sing a bunch of Toscas in Norway. Okay. You know, but that was really the only time that I sang a primary you know, I was always, you know, third herd girl to the left. Well, that's or a hell of a career, though. I mean, but it was you fine. Can, you can make it. And I did it. And uh, shortly after I moved to New York, um, Paula Rasmussen and her uh, hus- new hu- he was new husband at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Don Cheryl, they moved to New York and they moved next door to me. Mm-hmm. We literally lived next door to each other. Wow. Then Grant and Alyssa moved to New York and they wow. moved next door on the other side. Wow. Uh, yeah, we had a little conclave of L.A. Um, and then uh, George and Mary Lou Manahan, George was conductor at the time uh-huh. of New York City Opera, uh-huh. and they moved up n- next door, so we were all living in this wow. little compound. It's uh, like Three's Company. Yeah, we just had, <laughs> and we had so much fun. We had such a great time. Now, when it was fabulous. Did you, were you only singing when you were in New York? Did you do other work, or uh, what did no, you? No, I only sang. That was it. I only sang until I decided I'm done with this business, which was frankly tied to 9-11 because it was apparently clear to me that everything was going to change. Travel was going to change, you know. I, you know, when you're in New York for something like that, yeah. it hits you. You just see things for how they are quicker, I think, uh-huh. than maybe the rest you of the country. You see the writing on the wall, yeah. Yeah, and it was pretty clear to me. And it was also clear to me there was a mayoral election happening at the time. Okay. You asked about that. Yeah picture hanging on my yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pi- was it a helicopter? Or it's a, a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an NYPD helicopter, and the pilot's Mike Bloomberg. That's Mike Bloomberg hanging really? on Really? Yeah. Uh, because I worked for Mike. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah. Well, that's... So, 9-11, there's a mayoral election. Now, wait. Were you already... Had you already kind of emotionally decided and, and psychologically I was, decided I was heading, that you weren't... I was heading in a direction. 
Because I was getting tired of it. Yeah, what spurned that on? Uh, I mean, it, that's it a big was, deal. It was a couple of things. I wasn't getting the roles that I wanted. Okay. Um, and I was getting tired of singing Marcellina. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, although they always let me sing the aria. Okay. But, you know, it was annoying because I'm neither a mezzo nor a tertiary player. Okay. Um, in personality, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just. You, you saw that you saw that it wasn't going to go where you wanted it to go. You just have to make decisions in your life sometimes. That's right. Yeah. And I thought, you know, ah, it's been fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it also I think had to do, uh, you know, I was in my 30s at that point. Mm -hmm. And I'm like I just thought, do I want to continue? Do I want to do this for forever? Well, you know? one thing that I know is, I, you know, I was a principal singer for a couple of years with representation, which was yeah. disastrous. And the the one thing that I know is you can't have any relationships. You can't. Well, you just no. can't do it. No, you're always uh, on you're the road. Six, eight months out yeah. of the year, you're gone. Well, I was gone probably 10 months out of the year to try to make a living. Yeah. You know, and it just... It just, I was sick of not being home. I was sick of living out of a suitcase. I was sick of right. all, being lonely, basically, because right. it right. is a very lonely, people don't realize that about it. It is. But, yeah. you know, I think they think, oh, you're out partying all the time. With, and no, you, you go back to the hotel. Because you have to sing. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, it. You can't, you can't get that crazy. That's right. Because you have to sing. That's right. So, you know, and you, you have, have to, to it's avoid. It's kind of a monastic life it, in a it way. It really yeah. is, because you have to be careful about, you know, you don't want to get sick. You can't. You know, you can't have too much wine. It's going to dry out. That's right. It's this, it's that. You don't you, want any scandals. Whatever. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You just, you whatever know. Whatever your thing is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got, I was just, I was heading in a direction anyway, and that just kind of pushed me over the edge, I think. Uh -huh. I just thought, I thought, oh, and now travel's going to be timing. so much fun. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. But. So you met Mike Bloomberg. Well, so. no, that's, I, there was this election. Okay. And Mark Green was the, um, and mind you, I'm a Democrat. Yeah. I'm liberal. Me too. Died um, in the wall. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to go the other way for me. Same with me. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at this election. And Mark Green was the Democratic candidate, and I couldn't stand him. Wow. Slimy as all get out. Really? I'm sorry to say, but oh. that's just, at I've least never that's, heard anything I mean, like that. that's just how he struck me. Uh-huh. Just how he struck yeah. me. And I thought, I thought, this, this election is a big deal. Whoever is going to be elected mayor is going to make or break this city. That's right. Having just gone through Suffered this thing. That. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Mike Bloomberg and I thought, well, he's running on the Republican line, but he'd been a lifelong Democrat. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I see where you're going here. It was the only way because there was no way he was going to win yeah. on the yeah. Democratic line. And you need the perception of a hawk at that point. At that yeah. point. Yeah. In so, history. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I volunteered on his campaign. Mm-hmm. And I made, you know, different friends, and I, I had nothing but time at this, you know, th this juncture. You had I had retired nothing. in some Basically, way. Basically, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had nothing but time. Mm -hmm. So I went, I must have spent eight, ten hours a day. Wow. Working for them for nothing at that point. And there was this very lovely lady that I made friends with, um, and we were stuffing envelopes together. Uh-huh. And one day we're stuffing envelopes together, and her f cell phone rings, and she picks it up. She's she's British. Uh -huh. She says, "Oh, hello, darling. You know, do, 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 do. oh no, I'm at Daddy's campaign." Okay. Uh oh, <laughs> really? And lovely lady. Yeah. Just just an absolute. That was his ex-wife. I just had no idea. Wow. And they're very good friends. Wow. They're very very good friends. Um, and you know the mother of his daughters. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I knew, when we the impossible happened and we actually won the election. Yeah. I got a phone call the next morning. We all went to yeah, party crazy party. BB sure. King played and sang. I mean, it was 
it yeah, was a big deal. It was a fabulous party. Yeah. Uh, one of the best ever. And, you know, I got home at, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning or sure. something. My phone rang at eight. And it was one of the folks from the campaign. And they said, what are you doing today? And I said, oh, I was going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having French fries. Yeah, and I don't know. I was, I'm going to sleep. You know? And I said, no, you need to come to the office. I said, okay. So I show up at the office, and out of 6,000 people, there were three volunteers that had, they had invited to now come and be part of... Of his cabinet, you in know, a way, yeah. yeah basically, uh -huh. you know. And, and so now we're working on transition. And then from transition, I was then moved to um, inauguration headquarters, and at that point, they started paying me. When wow. they moved me to the inauguration headquarters, I went on the payroll. Uh-huh. How's um, the money? Uh, at that point, it was not so awesome. Okay, but, but it was but, something. But it was something. Okay, and so it was fine. Yeah, you know, um, and and then the day of the inauguration, you know, I'm introducing people, mm -hmm. you know, so and so and so and so, and I finally, Mike is the last person, and this was funny. The producer, because they, they hired a producer okay. to do, you know, okay. figures, right? Sure. And you know, he had. They could. They were going back for who's going to be the announcer. Who's going to be the announcer? And finally, he goes, "Where's that kid with the baseball cap? I used to wear baseball oh caps a lot. God. He liked my speaking voice. Yeah. He had no idea that you were a singer. <laughs> really? No idea. That is so funny. He just liked my speaking voice. And he said, "Hey, where's that kid in the baseball cap? I think we should have her do it." And they're like, "Okay." You know. Yeah. And so I was the one who introduced everybody. So I'm introducing Mike. Uh huh. And as he walks past me, puts his hand over the mic. And he looks at me and goes, what are you doing tomorrow? This is their thing. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh -huh. And I said, I don't know. And he goes, be here at 9 a.m. And he walks out. That's it. Walks out. Huh. I was like, okay. I think I was just hired. Not yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So I show up, and that's exactly right. I was hired. You know, and they didn't know what to do with me for a while because, I mean, I didn't, liked you. I I mean, didn't that, have that kind of experience. Right, You know, right. I didn't even know how to work a you fax machine. You weren't a poli-sci major. I had, nothing. Yeah, yeah, no idea. Right. Uh, and, you know, it wound up, my desk was five feet from his, and I was one of the, hey, you, do this thing oh, for me. personal, personal assistant. Kind of not. I mean, uh, it was mushy at best. Okay. I did everything from advance. I worked advance. I worked scheduling. I wrote speeches. I wrote proclamations. I edited documents. Wow. It was basically whatever, whatever. Wow. You know, um... One of my favorite Mike stories. I have, I have two, but one of them. So unfortunately, when we first got into office, you know, there was a lot of 9/11 related things. Sure. Winston, leave him alone. Sure. And you know, uh, he had to do, and this is is it's still kind of hard. He had to do a lot of funerals. He had to speak at a yeah. lot of funerals yeah, yeah. for firefighters, yeah, for cops, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know, for emergency EMT. I mm -hmm. mean, it was just awful. It was, you know, it was horrible. Mm -hmm. It was really horrible. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you know, Mike's Jewish, mm -hmm. and a lot of the firefighters are Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a large number of those mm -hmm. because I'm a Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you're Catholic. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you know how this, this goes. You know? yeah. um, and so one day... Where the two of us, I, I forget what happened, but they were short advance, something, you know, stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And they said, you're going to have to ride along and ride along and do advance for like the first two or three things. Uh -huh. And then so-and-so is going to take over it. Da -da -da. What is advance? What does that mean? Uh, it, usually what it means <laughs> is you arrive at a location 
30 minutes, 45 I minutes see. before the mayor. Scope it out. And Scope it out. Uh-huh. Find out who does, he, you know, who does he have to talk How to. How does what he is, get on? How does he get off? Where does he all go? All that stuff. Yeah, and it. then when he arrives, you tell him it's yeah, this, this, it. this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's unusual to do advance mm-hmm. riding along because yeah, you're not there. You're not there ahead. You're <laughs> kind of with. So we're going from one thing to another. He decides because one of them was pretty like three or four blocks uh, apart. Uh huh. And he decides let's walk it, mm-hmm. which the cops always hated because it's, it's harder to protect him. Dangerous, yeah. When he's on foot, right? When it's especially when you haven't been able to plan it, right? And he loved to do all... He would escape. He would do all kinds of things to those poor guys. Um, It was my favorite team that night, Harold and John. I'll never forget those guys. Fabulous guys. Uh Um, And so, you know, we get out of the car. We're walking along. And and we're chit-chatting. And he sees a pizza place. And he decides he needs a slice. Just out of the blue. Just uh, this oh, was geez. typical. Security yeah. detail. Must oh, have just he was a nightmare. Yeah. But but everybody loved him. Yeah. Just because he was fun. Yeah, and you know the city was so galvanized and so unified. Yeah, I would it, imagine yeah. that the threat is pretty low. Everybody's really pulling together. Uh, I pretty much. I mean, pretty much. I I, yeah. I would say that that yeah, was he true. Could probably walk that was true at the time. That was true at the time. Exactly. And, you know, so the guys are like, okay, hold on. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. one of them stands with us. The other one goes in. Uh huh. Scopes it out, comes back out. Okay, you know, it's a small place. Mm-hmm. So the two of us go in, and the cops are on basically on the door, so that he can't yeah. run out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they were always more afraid of him escaping as opposed <laughs> to somebody getting him. Yeah, you know. Uh, and so we're in there, and he says, you know, he orders a slice, and he looks at me, and says, "You want a slice?" And I said, "No." I said, "I'll just have a coffee." Well, we're standing there, and I beat him to the punch, and I pay for it. Uh huh. And he goes, "What do you think you're doing?" And I said. I said, what, I can't buy you a slice? I said, what, you're too, you're too big? <laughs> oh, I used to mess with him. I said, you're too big for me to buy you a slice? So, you know, he laughed. And he was fine. He says, yeah. well, thank you. I, th- I think it was just shocking. It was uh-huh. a little shocking uh-huh. to him. And, and so then we're standing there. He used to love to torture me because I was, you know, I'm kind of straightforward. I'm a lot like he is mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but without as much experience uh-huh. especially at the time in, in that yeah sure. in politics yeah, in that way, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so i was a little naive uh-huh. and man did he have fun with that so he looks around and very loudly because there's enough people in there yeah. very loudly he says you know i'm really starting to enjoy the catholic mass <laughs> i mean it was right oh before right before the high holidays Holy cow. right before the high holidays yeah i'm really starting to enjoy the catholic mass and <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Here we go. And he gets that little smile and twinkle that he would get when he's about to torture you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I looked at him. I said, okay. I said, I said, just, just, just relax. I said, there's some, <laughs> there's a lot of people in here. We don't know who yeah, they are. Yeah. I said, just come on now. Yeah. And he, and he goes, what? He goes, I like the Catholic mass. I'm like, you know. And so the more I'm getting a panicked look on my face, the more he's enjoying it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And finally the food comes, thank God. And I look, I said, thank God, stuff your face. It'll keep you quiet, you know. Oh God, that is so <laughs> So we funny. get out of there. We walk to the next place. And somewhere during this thing, and it, and he was basically doing it as a favor for this guy, long mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And he was annoyed as all get out at himself that, that he had said yes to it. Um, but but it was a huge party. There was all this catered food. Well, about 30 minutes into it, mm-hmm. Mike has spoken. You know, he's done with that. Mm-hmm. One of the cops comes up to me, mm-hmm. and he says, have you seen the mayor? And I looked, and I said, that's not my job. That's your job. And he goes, I know. We don't know where he is. We've lost sight. 
What? Which was really easy in some ways. At the time because, and how he was. Because Mike just... And he, he just knew how to do it. He knew yeah. how to lose himself in a crowd on mm-hmm. these guys. Mm-hmm. It was a game. Uh-huh. It was a game. And again, we're right before the hi- high holidays. And I look at the guys and I go, is there a pork table somewhere in this? And the guys are like, yeah. And I go, let's go. <laughs> we walk over and he's stuffing his yeah. face. <laughs> stuffing his face with pork. I'm like, of course you are yeah. doing that. And yeah. he turns and goes, hi. And I'm like, oh, you know. Oh, he was uh, he was a lot of fun to work for yeah. because of things like that. Yeah. Because you was know, he tough too, or was he? I mean, he could be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. he could be. He mm-hmm. could be difficult sometimes. Uh-huh. Not, not that he meant to be difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but it was a lot of stress. Yeah, you know, he was used to being a CEO and doing whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he's been rich for a long time. And you know, I will say this: that man spent a ton of his own money. On the city of New York, mm-hmm. um, I respect Mike Bloomberg more than most people. Uh, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. Uh-huh. If he says whatever it is, he backs it up with yeah. his wallet. Whether you believe and in it or not, he it, walks the walk. Yeah. He walks the walk and yeah. he talks the talk. Yeah. And I always respected him mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would work for him again in a heartbeat. You know, we, we giggled a little bit about the whole presidential thing and... You know, and I had sent an email to someone within and just said, you know, look, if it happens, I'm there. Yeah. You know, if it happens. And so the day that he made the decision, like about 20 minutes before it went public, I got this email. Not going to happen. Oh. You know, but. but you guys are on good terms. uh, Yeah. I'm not sure that he would necessarily know me if he saw me on a street now. It's been a lot of years. Uh, But. You know, I'm sure he I'm, has I'm, his I'm told too. that the proclamation that I wrote him when I left, uh-huh. I wrote a proclamation that was fairly entertaining. How did that? Yeah, how did that shake out? I mean, why did you end? Well, why did you end my, up leaving? Well, I had to come back to California. My father was terminally ill. I see. So okay. oh. that's the reason that I picked up and left New York. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, I wrote Mike a, a proclamation, and uh, and we had little presentation that. You know, and of course, I signed it at the bottom. Definitely not the mayor. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> and from what I understand, it hangs quite Aww. proudly in his house. That's so, nice. So in that way, you know, there might be name recognition just because of yeah, that document. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so you had to yeah. come back because your dad was fell ill. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you did you move in with your folks, or did you get I a place, did, or what I did you do? I did at first because yeah. my yeah. mother needed help. It was yeah. pancreatic cancer. Oh my god. It was, you know, that that's pretty ugly. Yeah, pretty and you guys ugly. were close, you and your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad, I was very thankful because the October before that was in March of '04, mm-hmm. October of '03. Um, you know, working in the mayor's office, there were certain perks, yeah, and yeah. I had access to tickets for Game Six of the World Series at Yankee Stadium. Uh-huh. And I called my father up and I said, "Dad, I got tickets." And he said, oh, "I can't just." And I said, "Yeah, you can." I said, "Well, you know, I got to talk to your mother." Oh God. Yeah, I yeah. said, and I, but I know my father's generation. While I had him on the phone, I booked him a plane ticket. Dad, I just booked you a plane ticket. It's non-refundable because yeah, well his generation—that's it. Yeah, that's oh, well, it. Well, then, okay. you can't throw money down no, the. Of you know, you can't. No, of course. Mm, no. He's, you know, the class as we call him, class of forty-six. That's right. So nice. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, my dad. So he came out for the weekend, and we just had the best time, and it culminated at Gracie Mansion at the get this Italian. 
Catholic Federation oh, boy. event at yeah. Gracie Mansion, yeah. which was hilarious because my father, of course, Mr. Wasp guy, uh-huh. you know, a blonde hair, blue eyes, didn't look like, you know, didn't look like he belonged there. Yeah. But he had a fabulous time. What did he do for a living? What my dad owned an auto body. Oh, he did? Yeah. Here in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And he had retired by that point? Yeah, well... No. <laughs> no? He I just mean, took off. Kind like, of. I'm going he, to the World Series. He had, he had sold his business, uh-huh. uh, but he still worked for the guy who bought it, worked for him, and then he turned around and worked for uh-huh. the guy. Sure. Because yeah. so. that's what he did. Because that's what you, you know, yeah. that generation, they never really retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because exactly. they didn't, they always had to be doing something. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you yeah. came back, unfortunately, yep. under those circumstances. Yeah. But then how, do, then how did you, did you get into conducting at that point? Well, no, I started, how did, I, what did I you wasn't. Do then? The intention was not to go back into music, frankly. Okay. Uh, I was going to continue probably writing because I really enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, circumstances sometimes go a certain way of and course. you just kind of go with it. Of course. So, uh, you know, Alyssa was the f- first one saying, well, why don't, why don't you audition for the chorale? It, it's so funny because mm-hmm. I had said that to her a million years before. Yeah. And, you know, 20 years before as a matter of, uh, not, not 20, 10, mm-hmm. 10 plus. Uh-huh. And and she was like, well, why don't you know? Why it's don't you something audition? to do that yeah. you know how to do. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, and I said, oh, yeah, my voice is singing yeah. and singing and ah, la la. Yeah, yeah. Well, then Paul says, well, why don't you come sing at the church choir? Uh huh. So I went back to St. Charles and started singing, and and you know, my voice came back, thank God, relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I don't know. One thing led to another. Yeah. You know, I started singing gigs again yeah and then leanna brand was like well why don't you come and do my caroling gig uh, oh okay uh-huh which was fun i had a ball a great time yeah um and then i think studio call maybe mm-hmm. showed up uh-huh and i was like oh yeah okay great sure you know i used to do it i'll do that again yeah, yeah. that's great um so i did that and and then eventually i thought well i guess my voice is back up you know, so I auditioned for the chorale. This mm-hmm. was probably two years after I got back, maybe oh six uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. Um, I auditioned for the chorale, and Grant was like, "Great!" So I was back on the roster, um, and started singing with them again. And mm-hmm. then I, in also in fall of oh six, I applied for USC to get into the DMA program right. in choral conducting. Right. Um, and was accepted. Right. And started in fall. Of course, was Bill the Denning there. It at was the time? Bill Denning mm-hmm. was who accepted me into the program. Uh huh. But Bill also that's when he retired. Right. Um, oh, so you know Rob Eistad that way. I know Rob Eistad actually not from school. Oh. I know Rob very well. Uh huh. But yeah, it yeah, wasn't not that way. Okay, no, because we didn't cross over. I see. At school. I see. Um, uh-huh. so <laughs> this this was the most bizarre circumstances. So. I'm excited because I'm thinking, okay, DMA, I'm going to study with somebody, you know, who, you know, I thought was going to be Bill Denning. Yeah. Um, And the next thing I know, Bill leaves and they've appointed Paul. Oh, my God. As the interim. And I thought, give me a sword and let me jump on it. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, uh, I I adore Paul. Yeah. But, you know, and, and have nothing but respect for his work. Sure. Um you know fantastic choral musician yeah. he was a fantastic choral musician but it's not something new for you but I it mean, was not yeah, new yeah, for yeah, me yeah, and like i was going to do a doctorate yeah, i i was same old thing so i was like oh for just God give me the doctorate sakes, you know <laughs> so i was i was at first very annoyed uh but then you know you get into it and you think well 
it's a good thing. It was a good thing for him. Uh huh. And I think it was a good thing in some ways for the for the program. Was he ill the at the time? Uh, no, no, he was, so he, in, was he was in between being sick. Okay, it was in between cancer and you know what eventually got him. Okay, and, uh, you so know, it was so a good thing for him. Yeah, like I, th- you said. I think yeah. it was a good thing. Sure. I mean, I can't speak for him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, he enjoyed it. I'll uh-huh. just put it that way. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Skip Lordson was was happy. Yeah, of course. I think it was probably Skip's idea. You know, um, you know. So we had some fun uh, there, and then in that first year they had, you know. Um, their candidates, and mm-hmm. then Mike Scheibe wound up being the guy. And uh-huh. then, so the next two years, you were with him. I studied with Mike and Don Brinegar, who was also there. I like teaching. Don. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fun. We yeah. had a we had a good time. He's a wonderful voice teacher. Yeah, Don. terrific yeah. pedagogue. Yeah, yeah, he really is, yeah. especially for tenors. I yeah, think. I spent yeah. a couple years with him. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's got good stuff going on. Good juju. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I did that and continued singing in the chorale, and then. The start of my final year of coursework, uh-huh. and Grant calls me up one day. Well, it, yeah. Well, we back up really quickly. It's still at the start of that year. Uh-huh. So this is two thousand nine. Okay. This is oh nine. I'm singing <coughs> in crowds. Oh nine. It's the start of my third year of coursework. I get this call, and it's Grant, and it's relatively early. It's like eight thirty. Wow. Okay. In the morning. And and I just I know him. I've known him for many years and, and I can hear in his voice not panic but almost. And and he says, Um uh, what 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 are you, what are you doing today? I hate that. I'm beginning <laughs> to hate that question, you know. What are you doing today? Uh-huh. Uh I said, uh well I have an appointment. I didn't want to tell him I had a doctor's appointment. I was having an in office minor procedure. Uh-huh. For which I was going to be drugged. Oh, boy. But I thought, you know, I need to know that. Yeah. You know, I said, so I had a doctor's appointment. Yeah. And he goes, well, uh, you know, when when is that? And I said, well, it's, it's early in the morning. You know, it's like 10 or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 11. I don't know. Yeah. He says, well, can you be at the music center at like, you know, maybe noon? And I said, um, I guess. Well, I said, what's going on? And he goes, well, he goes, you know, Karen Hogle Brown is sick. She's really sick and laryngitis and... It's the tootie for the Ligeti Clocks and Clouds. Oh, my God. I need you to sing the first soprano, first soprano part, which, of course, no one ever puts me on first soprano. I'm a dramatic soprano. Wow. Y- you know. Yeah. But I was, l- and I said, I said, did you try anybody else? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, no, I'm sure what I'm doing. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, well, all right, I'll 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 meet you there. Yikes, you know. Uh-huh. So we hang up, and I go to my doctor's appointment, and I, they, you know, oh, I had to have a little bit up. of, yeah, a little bit of dope, uh, yeah. you know. They do their little procedure, which I'm not going to get into, but let's just say it was uncomfortable. <laughs> I was uncomfortable. Yeah. And I get to the music center, and I'm uncomfortable, and I'm a little drugged. Mm-hmm. But okay. Mm-hmm. So I go into a, an ensemble room with Grant and a piano. And we have exactly 30 minutes before oh we have to be God. on stage with Esapekka Salonen, the L.A. Phil, and my 11 L.A. Master Choral colleagues who have had like 9, 11, right. whatever rehearsals yeah. on this piece. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sight reading. Yeah. So not, yeah. Grant and I go through the piece. And, you know, with a little help on the piano, I'm kind of okay. Okay. But... Are you going to get that Are you gonna get that out on stage? Some point, at <laughs> some point, he realizes I'm like 
not quite normal. Uh-huh. And he and he looks at me and goes, "What's going on?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, you know, I have <laughs> this is great." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love and he's you. and he's like, "Oh god." Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh shit, yeah. And the two of us are just kind of like staring at each other, you know. Yeah. And and I looked at him I said, I said, "Why don't we do this?" I said, "Why don't we just put a chair on my left cuz I'm at the end of the row anyway." Yeah. I said, "And when I can't find the pitch, Mr. Perfect Pitch, you give me the pitch. Yeah. And he goes, good idea. So that's what we did. He was just in the wings And he told, he told, you know, uh, Especa, it's just for today. Yeah. You know, he told him, sight reading. Yeah. He didn't tell him. She's on drugs. You see her, she's drunk and she's sight reading. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That one. (laughs) No, not drunk. Drugged up. Drugged up from the doctor. So, you know, so we somehow get through the tutti. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I spent the rest of the day at home with this piece of music going, oh, my God, you know, over and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Until, it, you know, I was just, it was almost memorized. You do it in your sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the stress of it is almost everybody takes their pitch from the first soprano. Well, Karen has perfect pitch. I don't. Oh, so I had to memorize the pitches. Um, and somehow I got through the dress and f- what was it? Three or four performances. I don't remember. And, uh, you know, Grant, I, I, to be honest with you, I think it was solely that performance that clinched. He was already thinking maybe in the back of his head to have He was me looking for a second already? As or an what? assistant conductor. I think he was thinking about it. I see. And maybe he was thinking about me. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, we've actually never talked about it. Interesting. Um, but I, I have a feeling that may have clinched it. Uh-huh. Because it was kind of like, if if you have the stones to do that, yeah. and you actually got away with it, you did it successfully, it, you know, A, yeah. you got to have an ear to do that. And, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah. I have a feeling that's because it was about a couple months later when he called me. What are you doing today? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Let's meet at Swark for coffee. So uh-huh. we met at Swark for coffee, and he said, this is what I'm thinking. Are you interested? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Duh. You know, what a great thing. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of... And you were with you know, the Corral for f- how many years? Well, let's see. Uh, starting in 91, 91, And were you at Los Robles at the same time? That started in 08. And eight. So that uh-huh. was a year before this... You know, and then I didn't start as assistant conductor until 2010. Uh-huh. I served as assistant for a year and then was promoted to associate, and I've done five years as associate. At Los Robles. At L.A. Master oh, at L.A. I'm Master artistic Corral. director at Los uh, got Robles. Got it. Yeah. Who was at Los Robles before you? Was it Jim Steeman. I see. Okay. For 30 years. It was his group. He founded okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. And you just finished up with Master Corral. Uh, or is it well coming? How is that? I'm, What's the transition? Quite done. Okay. Uh, so my contract originally ended uh, June, and then in January, uh, right after we did the Lang stuff, um, uh-huh. we recorded the Lang, and I, I was so thrilled. Grant asked me to be co-producer with David Lang uh-huh. for that. Which wow, what fabulous right. time! Um, and you know we had a good time and mm-hmm. and did that, and mm-hmm. it was right after that, and Grant Grant was like, you know, maybe we should extend the contract just through the summer uh-huh. because of the Hollywood Bowl, yeah. you know, because yeah, he's yeah. gone. Yeah. And, you know, it was probably a wise choice. You don't you don't want to take a brand new assistant who's really, really young, yeah. 
really, really young, right out of school. Yeah, and the bowl is such a weird thing, you know, too. Like yeah. you've got, it's a certain I mean, different she, vernacular she's, a little bit. She's a really good musician from what I understand. I don't know Jenny yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, quite appropriately, I was had nothing to do with with that process any, yeah. and i shouldn't and yeah, i yeah. didn't yeah um you know so i don't consequently i don't know her at all sure. never met her only know from you know hearing that she's a good musician yeah um so obviously if grant chooses her she she must be a good musician yeah so sure. um you know but but on the experience and there's like one year of experience and like i said so the bowl thing is a, it's a weird thing it's a little tricky yeah. you know you're you're not only prepping for gustavo which is frankly easier at this point for me, yeah. just because I know him so well, yeah. um, that it's easy to, to prep for him. But there's always the guest conductors, and sometimes we don't know them, and that is tricky. Yeah, right. So right. I think, you know, Grant just thought, oh, that's not the place to try out a new yeah. person. You right. Know? And so they extended my contract. Oh, so that's I, good. I actually finish at the end of July now. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> You know, so all good. Um, and now coming yeah. through, just to jump to another subject, yeah, as I went through it. your kitchen, I see that you've got all this terrific equipment and great, oh, yeah. great stuff. How did you get into chefing? When did that happen and um, why? Well, I got, you know, I've always had an interest in it. Uh-huh. Um, part of that is, I suppose, owing to one of my best friends, Tim Kisslin, uh, his father was a chef mm -hmm. uh, at the Bel Air Hotel and Coconut ha Grove before that. Wow, yeah. And, oh, yeah. No, wow. Major, major chef. Yeah. Um, How old were you when? Uh, when I met Tim, I yeah. was in my 20s. Okay. We met at Loyola. I see. Okay. And we've been good friends uh -huh. forever and ever. Uh -huh. um, and so Tim, of course, grew up around cooking. Uh -huh. um, Paul, of course, cooked, and his father was a chef, and oh, his youngest son is a chef. And so there just there was always a lot of food. Okay. There's always a lot of food and cooking and talking about food and cooking. Uh -huh. Was it to facilitate a social uh, environment? Oh, yeah. Part I of mean, it? you know, lots of parties and yeah. we'd all cook big dishes That's and nice. whatever like that. Yeah. Uh, and Tim and I kind of got in the habit of cooking together a lot. You know, we would just be like, hey, let's try this. Yeah. You know, let's do that. Let's yeah. let's bury a pig in the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did that one. We've done that a few times. But uh, that but that turned into know. formal training, it, though. It did. When I, the, the gap yeah. in between the time that I came back to Los Angeles. From New York, uh-huh. And the time that I finally decided I'm going back to music, uh -huh. there was a gap. I see. Of about two years. And I thought I interestingly invested in property in new york uh-huh uh, i bought my apartment as did all of my colleagues i see in our little neighborhood um which where, where was that what it neighborhood was inwood was that? the very inwood, north, north the yeah. very north uh -huh, yeah sure and at the time we bought in i mean it was not all that in yeah. a bag of chips at yeah. the time yeah yeah uh so i bought my apartment literally for thirty four thousand dollars. oh my god ridiculous right? yeah uh needless to say when i sold it you did all I right. I sold it for a hell of a lot more than thirty-four thousand. Yeah. So, yeah. So I. So you didn't need to really do anything had, for a period. Well, at least. and but I, you know, I'm an investor. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. an investor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I took I took what would be my tuition for, sh you know, to go to uh, Cordon Bleu in Pasadena, in Pasadena uh -huh, yeah, Green, California yeah. School of Culinary mm -hmm. Arts. Um, I took that money out, mm -hmm. invested money. And then kept a little bit to live on, mm -hmm. so I split it up. Yeah, you know, um, and did well in the investments, and then just paid in cash for culinary school. Wow, because it's something I wanted to do, and I so see. I did. Okay, you know, and when I came out, I realized, yeah, this is really 
young person's game. It's it's a young person's game. It is. So you looked yeah. at it as a as a hobby. Yeah, kind of. Uh-huh. And and I don't regret Which is it. Great. I don't regret it in any way. Yeah. It's it's been great fun. What propels you? Uh, so I mean, you've in my estimation, you've had great success as a soloist, great success as an academic. I mean. Uh, great success as a conductor and you're a certified chef so what I mean why what propels you to do those things is it a work ethic that you got from your folks mm-hmm. is it uh, mm-hmm. some I mean were you like you know, bullied on the playground or like what what ha- what was the what happened um because not everybody's that way you have to you have to well, admit no I know I, I I'm probably uh, I, you know I get bored easily uh-huh. <laughs> there's yeah. one thing I yeah. get bored easily Me too um, you know, so I have to have a lot of things to keep me entertained. Mm-hmm. And for me, being entertained is working a lot. I think I like to work. And on things that you love to do, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. Do I, it for work's sake. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, although, I mean, there's, obviously, as you get older, you you have to be concerned mm-hmm. about um, putting money away and investing properly and doing those things. I mean, here's the thing. I loved, loved, loved being a singer. Mm -hmm. I loved the life of a singer, Mm -hmm. but you know, you can, you can make a decent amount of money, but if it's a single income, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily making enough. I think, you know, you know, you sing in master crowd, you sing in opera, you do sessions, you do whatever. Exactly what I do. Right. You know, and, and, you know, but if that's it, if you're not married and, you know, there's not a second income in this and that. That's it. It's kind of hard to think about buying a house. Or anything. Or whatever, you know, putting money away for later. La, 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 la. Yeah. So at some point, you know, I mean, I am my parents' child. Mm Mm-hmm. And what about marriage? You've never never been married? I just never found the right guy. Okay. I just, you know... Is, it, that a, is, that a, is that a sad you, thing for you? Or, I mean, is no, it, I don't know. Okay? I, I think at this point, yeah. I, I can't imagine having to share sure. my life, my space. It would be difficult sure. at this point. Did you grow up you with know. that? Um, I'm an only child. See, I am too. Yeah. So it's hard for only children. Yeah. Because yeah, we don't yeah. get it. Yeah. We just don't get it. I mean, I was 40 when I got married. Right. So, I mean, I, it was yeah. like, well, I either need to do this and have a family or, or not. Or not. Yes, it's like exactly. shit or get off the pot. Well, and that's, and that's you know, we all face those moments. Unfortunately for women, mm-hmm. we have less, it's a little harder for women Yeah. for that. Just um, so, you know. Did you ever come close? Uh, no. No. Wow. No. Okay. I think, you know, the other thing that I think is difficult for men to understand of a certain generation. Sure. Um, I think it's easier for women who are younger than I am mm-hmm. because the world has changed. Yeah. You mean today? Yes. Yes. The world has changed. Absolutely. But when I was 20, 30, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a career and having a marriage and having a family, mm, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. You had to make a choice yeah. between those things. Yeah. I think it has certainly gotten better. Yeah. Well, the it paradigm has definitely shifted. It, it has shifted. Yeah. Uh, it, in my opinion, Omar, it has not shifted enough. I, well, of course. It has not shifted of enough. Of course not. Um, I still, because I'm trying to do something that is traditionally, historically, a very male-oriented mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Conducting is still male-dominated, male-oriented. Yes. We can name the, the artistic directors of orchestras who are female on one hand and it's 2016 right hello right you know there are now finally 
associates and assistants of orchestras who are female. That's, you know, mm -hmm. and thank God, you know, Grant is, is not, you know, he's very open. He doesn't open. perpetuate that. He's, yeah. no, he's yeah. very open, I think, to things. He's I not, agree. you know, he's not, you know, it's got to be the way it was in 1950. That's right. You know, um, I don't, but I don't, I think in the professional realm, i.e. professional opera companies, professional choruses, professional orchestras, mm -hmm. it's opening up more to women. Yeah. I think in academia, however, it's a little bit slower. The wheels grind a little bit slower. It's not that they aren't hiring. They do sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the statistics of it and you look nationally at mm -hmm. how many women are running who well, are it's a reflection how of many our women yeah. are running the programs right. versus they're not they're like the secondary person or that's right you know it's still pretty i mean it's we're still tipped way the other way and it's it's still hard for women i you know i remember the story about megan solomon who used to be at usc mm -hmm. when i was doing my dma and you know she's a wonderfully talented musician a very smart lady and she's the generation before me. Mm -hmm. And so she was a real outlier. She, I mean, literally, literally was told at a job interview. Mm -hmm. And this was probably in either the, probably the, maybe the early 80s. Right. They actually looked at her and said, well, gosh, you know, we would hire you, but you're a female. Wow. And we really want a man. I don't think that's as uh, I mean, they rare could, now you could as never you think say either. That. I think I don't you could know. never say that now. You legally, get sued yeah, legally. out the sure. ding ding. Sure, I think it's still but in I people's minds. But so. I think I think it still happens behind. I think it's still said behind closed doors. I think so. Yeah. I think it's still said behind closed doors, and and you know, and that's a shame. It's a shame to think that conductors le that leaders still have to be male, mm -hmm. or that they still have to be white. Or that I mean, what what about yeah. you know? We want to talk about you know Latinos or African Americans mm -hmm. or you know uh, Asians, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. y you know, are really uh, you know? It's not yet a meritocracy. No, yeah. it is yeah. not. And yeah, I agree. And you know, I was I've been pegged by many people in as what way? as someone who believes in meritocracy. I do not believe in doing things a certain way because, oh, well, gosh, go gosh, golly, right. we've always done it that way. Right. Oh, for God's sake, right. come on. Right. You know, I, I think in that way I'm, I am always, I've always been very forward thinking mm -hmm. because I think things should be given on merit. Mm -hmm. That said, I also am not a fan of um, nepotism mm -hmm. for the same reason, which is not to say... You know, just because... You yeah, know, you don't discriminate the other way. No, yeah, you of don't. Course. If someone yeah. deserves it because mm -hmm. they're really good, the fact that, right. you know... And, and I'm going to invoke it. She'll probably kill me if she hears this. But, you know, Alyssa uh, is a fantastic singer. Mm -hmm. And if anybody has a brain and ears, they should be able to hear that she's a fantastic singer. Right. And, and I'm pretty sure... And and mind you, there has never been a conversation, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. between me or either one of them, yeah. Because this is this is a tabooed subject. I know where you're going, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that she gets discriminated That's against right. by right. Grant. I'm not going to put you on I would imagine other. That. I would imagine other yeah. people too. I'm not going to put you on that. Yeah. Because people will think. Because oh, people will she think she's it's nepotism. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. When in fact, if I were running the damn institution, 
she'd be one of my first calls. She would get everything. Right. Alyssa would get everything. Not because she's my friend. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. Because she's fantastic. Because she's a fantastic singer. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I'm pretty vehement that mm-hmm. way. And and that's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and I recognize that it's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm willing to be judged by the same. You know, Standards, don't don't yeah. give me the job because you like me, right. or because you know my father, or whatever it right, is. Right, right. Don't give me the job because of that. Give it to me because I was the best candidate mm-hmm. for the job. Mm-hmm. By the same token, if I'm the best candidate for the job. Please don't discriminate against me for my age, my or weight, gender, right. my gender, mm-hmm. my whatever. Right. If I'm if I'm the most qualified and I walk in and I do the best job, then how dare you discriminate against me for any of those reasons? That's right. That is so ridiculous. And yet we live in a society where you know, and we all know this is true. I'm just saying what I think we all know is true. Of course, me, I'll just say it. Yeah, yeah. Probably get in trouble for it. Prob- no, what, probably whatever. Not. You know, I think people are so caught up with, well, do you look hip? Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, do you look young? Especially in L.A. Oh, are yeah. you young? Are you hip? Yeah, yeah. You know, is it this? And it's kind of like, oh, God, when are we going to grow up? Yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah. what I want to know. When are we going to grow up? And that's not just L.A. That's that's America. I, was, I, I agree. I was thinking I think about it's this. Hu- it's kind of human nature. I yeah, mean, I suppose it is. I mean, I suppose it is. Yeah. You know, it's just... And then it, it revolves around selling things, really. Well, and, and That's really what it but is. But here's the interesting thing. If, if I had wanted to be judged based on what I look like or what I wear mm-hmm. or any of those things, I would have become a model or... Although I'm too short to have done that, even <laughs> even if I was beautiful enough and thin enough to do uh, that, I'm still too short, and that I can do nothing uh, about. But but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would have gone yeah, yeah, yeah. into into a, in a business that in depends on that. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. because that would have been my focus that is and the my business. interest. Yeah, I would have gone into fashion, or I would have gone mm-hmm. become an actor, mm-hmm. or you know something sure. of that nature. Sure. But I was not interested in that. Right. I've never been interested in that. You know. And and I don't I don't hire singers based on that mm-hmm. because at the end of the day for me I want to know when I give a downbeat that it's going to be beautiful right <laughs> that the sound right is going to be beautiful that the singing is going to be beautiful and mm-hmm. trained and mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I want to work with great musicians yeah me too you know so so it's it's all of those things right yeah. so what's uh after the summer, what's next? Are you going? Are you <coughs> leaning? What's next is me telling this dog. Uh, hey, hey, no, no, Winston, no, no. Thank you. Come here. Come, come. Good boy. Thank you. Are thank you, you for guarding us. Are you leaning towards <laughs> academia? Is that? Is yeah, that the, I that's am. The next thing. I am. I am leaning, which of course is kind of back asswards, frankly. I mean, most of the time you you do academia first, and then you come out uh-huh. of academia uh-huh. uh, to do the things I've done. Which I'm sure when they look at my resume, they go, "You're doing this backwards." <laughs> I'm I, sure they I, must I, think well, that, you know. I, uh, but you know, so be it. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's just how it turned out for me. Uh huh. Um, that said. I mean, would you want to run a choral program, or what would the, what would uh, the thing you know, be? I I'd be happy to run a choral program. I also, you know, in thinking in thinking back, you know, one of the things that I've done recently that I've loved more than anything else, literally, was co-producing an huh. album. Okay. Um, you know, and basically the the knowledge that you need to have for that, you mm-hmm. need to have a good set of ears. Mm-hmm. Well, I have those. Sure. Um, you know. 
you need to know something about singing. Mm-hmm. Well, I know something about singing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you need to understand the beast that is a chorus or mm-hmm. a singer. Yeah. Um, you need to to be willing to make the hard corrections, and you need to be able to make them in a way that is uh, not uh, off-putting, that doesn't yeah. upset them at the mm-hmm. time. Because you know, it, it's interesting because I think the chorus, because they they've known me a long time. Mm-hmm. There's me, the conductor, but me, the producer. It's not the same uh-huh. person. And the person in the kitchen is probably y- not y- the same no, either. No, it's yeah, yeah, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think they were, I hope, pleasantly surprised. The feedback that I got anyway seemed they were pleasantly surprised uh-huh. because I was so as they in their own war. No, she was so upbeat. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, because I know what it's like <laughs> uh-huh. to be on the other side of this microphone, not in the booth, standing standing there having to record. I yeah. know what that's like, and yeah, I know yeah. how frustrating that can be when you're giving what you think is your best, yeah. and the booth keeps telling you it's not good enough. Oh boy, <laughs> you know, yeah. It can make you crazy. Yes. So yeah, I understand the plight. So in that way, I have the right skill set to do that kind of work. Okay. I think. So I'm hoping that more opportunities in that area open up because that that's of great interest it to sure, me. It sure, yeah, absolutely. It's of great interest to me. Um, and I'm also thinking I'm going to hang out my shingle to teach voice because I hey. I like to teach voice. Okay. Um, I haven't done it during my tenure at the Master Corral, frankly, because it would be a conflict. Of course. Of interest. Sure. So well, not many people see that, but I see it. Well, <laughs> no, I, I mean, think I think a lot uh, of people see it. Do you really? I, well, they just don't talk about it. They may not. Talk that happens about it. a lot. I know it does, but I let's just let's just say this way. I've been asked multiple times yeah. to teach voice. Yeah. And every time I've answered I'm really flattered, thank you. Yeah. I'm not teaching right now because it's a conflict of there interest. There you go. And and I told Grant at the beginning that I would not I mean, the thing about me, I hold people to a very high standard, mm-hmm. but I hold myself to at least that highest standard, if not worse. Uh-huh. Because I think you can't ask. Yeah, you can't you ask. You can't ask. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. unless you're willing. Yeah, you know. So I felt that it would be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Nobody, the master crowd never once asked me not. They never said right. you can't do this. Right. And uh, frankly, if you did, not many people would blink. At they probably it, but, wouldn't. But, but I, I, I just I, thought I see what it was saying. inappropriate. Yeah. And and so I haven't taught. Um, I certainly teach what we like to call voice class uh-huh. uh, at Los Robles because stuff will come up in rehearsal. Yeah. And as part of the training for that group. To address it. I address And it's really things. generous too. You know, you know, they're volunteering and uh, they get really get something and, out of it. And they do get something out of Fantastic. it. At least I hope they get something out of it. Yeah. So, y- you know, I've been doing it that way. Uh-huh. But, but now I think I'm going to go ahead because there's a couple of things that I can offer mm-hmm. that maybe other people can't offer. Mm-hmm. There's obvious, my obvious thing, which is technique, which is Judy Natalucci's, which is... If you look at her students, sure, it's pretty. It's pretty good technique. Yeah. So there's that. And I, I study s- it. Yeah. Y- exactly, mm-hmm. and I certainly understand the anatomy of the throat and all, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's also just the inside knowledge experience. of practical. Experience. I've been on the other side of the yes. table. <laughs> yes. And I know what people are listening for. Yes. And I can tell you what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm what you should do mm-hmm. when you send in your recordings. Oh, I've got a list. Yeah. 
Oh, and most of us, most of us singers, I've learned it the hard way. Yeah. You know, you just, you know, oh, that's what happened. Oh, that's what, oh, yeah. that's how I screwed that, that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all those things. Uh, how to, how to, how to put together your resume. Right. You know, what is it that we're looking for? Right. You know, because I've been the gatekeeper of the Master Chorale now for six years. Right. You know, when people submit, you know, whether they realize it or not, mm-hmm. when they submit their recordings and their resume, I'm the person that they go to. Right. And I go through them. And I decide who's going to then come and have a live audition with me mm-hmm. and then further, you know, check. You know, basically it comes down to, did I like your voice? Yeah. I, it, bottom line. Yeah. You know, I tried to be as fair as possible. So mm-hmm. I never looked at resumes before I listened to the recordings uh-huh. because I didn't want to be biased one way or the other for, oh, you study with so-and-so. Right. Oh, you went to so-and-so school. Uh, or you sang for oh, so Oh, you're a Broadway so. singer. I, yeah, I don't want right. to be influenced by those things. Right. I want to listen to you sing, and based on your singing, I either like it or I found something that I didn't so care great. for. Yeah. Um, or that I felt would not be appropriate for the Master Chorale. Mm-hmm. You know, then I'm going to look at your resume. Mm-hmm. Do you have good choral experience mm-hmm. because that's important sure ensemble experience mm-hmm. you know do you have a degree in voice because mm-hmm. that you know and have you studied you know mm-hmm. um and you know what's been interesting out of that using only my ears first and not anything else mm-hmm. it, it 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 it's been interesting we've had a smattering of all different things People from all different schools, mm-hmm. people from all different kinds of voice teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's been really kind of good mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's the things that I would hear on recordings and think, oh, God, did you not listen to this? Did you not listen to this? Why didn't you edit this? Yeah, yeah. You know, you literally turned in a recording to me that's out of tune. Yeah. Are you out of your mind? Right, right. I mean, it's a recording. You have an opportunity to fix it's it. It's all in your control. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, unlike a live audition, we're going to cut a little bit of slack. Sure. Because, no, you know, we're all human beings and yeah. nobody sings in tune 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. But tuning's a big deal. Yeah. And if you send me a recording that's out of tune. And that's the best you that, that You have to assume that that's the best they got. I'm assuming it's the best they've got. Yeah. I'm also assuming that they listen to it. So one of two things happens. <laughs> I go, that was your best singing. Okay, that's frightening to me. Mm-hmm. Or you listen to it and you didn't hear it. Yeah. Which is equally frightening. That's right. You know, if either one of those things, we don't want you in the master crowd. You know, if you can't sing in tune, there's just nothing we can do to help you. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, that's, that's just. Well, they've never sounded better. I I, I can honestly say that. I mean, it's a hell of a group. Well, I think, I think, I think we've really worked hard. I mean, Grant has worked very hard. Mm Mm-hmm. With what he's done, he does at the opera too. I've worked hard behind the scenes screening. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really the only thing that I can do is screen, and then when they're doing rehearsals, listen and give feedback. I mean, that's that's all I can do. Yeah. Um. You know, and and he does the heavy lifting, and I just do the behind the scenes stuff. But yeah. You know, I think the master crawls in a in a position um, that it hasn't been in before. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. More power to them, you know. Amen. They can go crazy. Yep. I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to Amen. watch. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I've had a great time talking to you. Yeah, me too. You. Thanks. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this. Oh, gosh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. And I uh, hope I didn't say anything horrible that you're going to have to, I don't to, like, think so. You know, cut out. I don't think so. I wish you all the best in the future. Hey, back at you, Omar. Thanks. Thanks.